Warning, we are about to spoil the movie Django Unchained. If you haven't seen this movie or don't want it spoiled for you, then click away. Or if you've already seen it or you just don't care, then please continue watching us. Oh, hey, it's our first Quentin Tarantino movie. Can I say Nick? So we're really doing this in the dark. Oh, no. They might miss something, won't <laughs> No, they? I know. I'm just making sure. Okay. All right. Oh. I mean, do you have a problem with it? No, I don't. I'm fine with it. Okay, cool. I can see just fine. My screen's right here, so... <clears throat> right here. And so we've only wasted six minutes, surprisingly. Wow, we've wasted more before. Just look <laughs> we... at Angel Beats outtakes. Just outtakes in general. Hey, so many. Sometimes we're good about it. Like, mm-hmm. I think Grand Budapest didn't have many. Probably. I'd have to go back and look, honestly. Okay, Django and Jane. This, I, what? Do you think this will be another short episode? Wait, are we actually acting like we're in the episode? Or are we? Oh, okay. I'm, no, 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 no. I'm asking beforehand. Do you think this will be another? I haven't done the intro thing yet. I don't think so. You don't think so? I think it'll be average length. All right, all right. Like, sure. Maybe a little less than an hour, but. <laughs> all right, all right. It's not going to be as bad as last episode. Which one was that again? I Taxi Driver. That was that was shorter than Francis Ha. That's so weird, man. <laughs> it sounded like you said that's so queer. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I said it in the middle of a fucking yeah. You good. Okay. I'm good, dude. Okay. I feel great actually. <laughs> Don't pound on the table. The yeah, mics yeah. will hear it. Okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. <sighs> I need a second. Okay. Hello, everybody, and. Welcome to Cinema Roulette. This time... What? I'm actually looking at you. Yeah, I'm looking at you too. In person. This time, hopefully, we won't cut out every time. I don't see... That wouldn't even be possible, my dude. It it could be if, like, that glitches. Or if I scream into this mic just to peak the audio so you'll have to cut it. Then I would glitch. It would glitch it, yes. Please don't do that. Justin, no. Justin, no. You can't see it, but I'm licking my lips while looking at the microphone. Um, We're back together in July because we have Anime Midwest. So we had the stupid fucking idea of, let's just finish all the movies on this wheel. I mean, we have six left, counting the one we're doing today. Um, So we're technically going to be out of we'll be out of order with the TV stuff. Yeah. But we'll have better audio. Yes, much better audio because I upgraded my soundboard to have two mic inputs so we don't have to huddle against the same mic, and goddamn, does it sound professional. We didn't even do that while you were here. We used it like... Oh, we used the snowball. Yeah, yours, right? Did we use the snowball? We used yours. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We just put it on the table. We just put it on the table five, but no, now... Oh, I'm excited for the live action one, too, because then we can just, you know... We will have to switch seats then because in the picture, I'm on that side. Uh Uh-huh. Unless you put the camera there, but then it would be too close. No, it's going to be... We're going to switch spots. That's racist. Django! Django! You must face another day. Django! Speaking of segues... <laughs> I, I want you to just go with, that's racist. Django and Django. Okay. And then play the intro. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so the first movie we have, um, we've both seen, you know, it only took, like, how many movies are we at? There's, okay, there's, there's six left and there were 20. God. Hold on, let me do quick math. That's 14 movies. And we just now rolled on one we both saw. One, and there were five, five yeah. options. <laughs> so yeah, um, as luck would have it. Yeah, this is the first time ever we've done one we've both seen, and we've been waiting so much for this. I, I haven't gotten mad at all. <laughs> I, I've been perfectly There's fine with There's only it. one movie that we've neither neither of us have seen. The rest are all things that we've both seen. Yeah, if I'm thinking correctly, because uh, I think I might have stated this in an episode. I know we've mentioned it in private, uh-huh. where I was like, it's okay if these don't turn out well, because we'll have Hannibal to fall back on. But at this point... We're doing Black Lagoon, which is also a show we've both seen and love. 
Yeah, so we're really worried that's going to become like a huge just dick sucking fest. Honestly, Black Lagoon is going to be a definite Black dick Lagoon because goddamn, we love that fucking show. No, not enough people talk about it. We need to know. It's not like we made a video about three years ago at this point. Yeah. You realize they're not going to hear you walking all the way over there unless I point it out on the microphone. Why like the I fuck did you? Am. Why the fuck did you point that out? Because I think it's funny. And it makes Cameron's job harder. Yes, it does. Unless he keeps this in without any context. God knows you revel in that. I do, and then I yell at you for not getting mm-hmm. episodes on time. I see the hypocrisy here, but I'm not going to stop it because I can hit you harder. Mm. <laughs> Best friends, everybody! <laughs> I'm sorry, where were we? Django. Oh, yes. Um... No, we were talking about Black Lagoon. Yes, for, but for we, we let's cut off because God knows we'll go on about that. Well, no, I want to say this. Okay. I'm not super worried about Black Lagoon because, to sound pretentious here, I think I have a lot to artistically talk about in that. Mm-hmm. While some of the movies that we still have coming up, like Django, I don't have much artistically to say about it because there's not. Because this is pretty straightforward. Me, probably more so because I'm a big fan of spaghetti westerns. This is also so. true. I've seen... <laughs> One, One, technically, A Fistful of Dollars, which is a great spaghetti western. To start with. Yeah. Um, Even though it is a blatant, just basically shot-for-shot remake of fucking uh, Yojimbo. Well, if we're going to talk about shot-for-shot remakes, we should talk about Quinn Tarantino. Aha! Uh-huh. The man, the myth, the legend, the guy who always remakes, I mean, pays homage to older movies. Or foreign movies, or because foreign we're movies. stupid American audiences, and we won't know. Yeah. Pays, pays homage to, like, kung fu movies with Kill Bill, freaking... Not Lady Snowblood at all. Yeah, right? It's <laughs> What's not like, a Lady Snowblood? It's, it's not like they completely reuse the exact same whistle from Lady Snowblood. Okay, using the whistle is one thing. Doing a fight scene Yes, is yes. <laughs> and I'm sure Reservoir Dogs was completely original and isn't just a... I think it was a Bollywood movie? Yeah. Well, it was or, a foreign movie of some sort. Basically, uh, he just it might have been a Taiwan movie. Say same movie, except he just cut out the robbery. He cut out the robbery, which everyone said was so clever. Yeah, I still like that movie, by the way. But yeah, for and we're not riding on Quentin Tarantino. I mean, the man's an asshole, but goddamn, he makes great movies. And hasn't been convicted of anything, or like, I don't even think he's had any allegations against him. No, he hasn't. It's just he he's just known as kind of an asshole, and everyone knows he has a foot fetish. So that's it. Hey, there wasn't one shot of feet in this movie. Yes, there was. Was there? When they took the chains off at the Well, that's male beginning. feet. Like, okay, fair. Fair. <laughs> that we know of, but you know oh, okay. if he is if he is, that's uh, fine. Is, you know? I won't judge him yeah. for that. I guess there kinda of was when she was pulled out of the thing, the hot box. Kinda, but that wasn't the focus. Yeah, exactly. It didn't focus mm-hmm. on it. But we're getting off topic here. <laughs> no, we're still talking about Quentin Tarantino. We, we so we're are technically on topic. Technically. But we're going to try and make sure this isn't like the Nice Guys episode. I still feel kind of bad about that one. <laughs> we might redo that movie at some point. You think? Maybe. Maybe after a wheel or two. Yeah. It, I mean, it It was funny just because of how awkward it was, honestly. It was, but we kind of fucked it. We did. The thing that I noticed rewatching that episode, actually, on a little side oh, note. Oh, you were able to rewatch it? I couldn't. Yeah. You couldn't? Okay. <laughs> but no, because we started it during the day. But as the episode progresses, you can see the sun behind us just slowly get darker and darker and darker and darker and darker. By the end of the video, it's almost like this. It's that, a weird thing. That's kind of neat, actually. I, that's what I said. Anyway, Django. Django. Um, Quentin Tarantino is nice. Homage. To spaghetti westerns. Actually, this is probably the most homage movie. Yeah. Besides having someone named Django, do you know mm-hmm. of anything it copies? Um, it, 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 the original Django is a different film because the original Django was made in 1966. Very famous spaghetti western. I think famous for being like the most violent and bloody spaghetti western. So it only makes sense that this one is super bloody and super violent. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> But yeah, um, besides the main character, there really isn't much, is there? It's its own story. Because I know in the original Django 2, he lugs around a, a coffin that he keeps like guns and shit in. So, Spoilers. <laughs> they paid homage to that in Cowboy Bebop, actually. 
Oh, they did, didn't they? Yeah. They kind of pay homage to it in uh, Desperado. Do they? Uh, yeah. I'm not going to say how, because mm-hmm. it's a really cool thing, mm-hmm. and I don't want it spoiled. Okay. Because I know you haven't seen it. I have not. I have. It's great. Mm-hmm. Man, if only that was on a wheel at some point. Yeah. Oh, wink. Oh, wink. Get on with it. Oh, should we do the summary of the movie real quick? No, no, no. Yeah, go. What were you going to say about the cool thing? Just that there's a cool thing? There's a cool... Yeah, That's I'm, all you're saying. I'm just going to say there's a cool thing. I'm not going to... Okay, because you sounded like you're going to say like a little bit of what it was, and then you just cut yourself off. Okay. Well, I was, and I was like, you know what? I'll let it be a surprise. Because it kind of comes out of fucking nowhere. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, we should start with the summary of Django Unchained. You will... Why do I always feel like when we say that there should be sort of a video essay part one, you know, <laughs> like Lindsay. Summer. Yeah. Like Lindsay <laughs> does. Um, Lindsay Ellis, in case you people are wondering, go watch her video. She's great. She has great summaries. Look up uh, the whole plate with Transformers. She goes over film school, but only uses Transformers movies. It's fantastic. Mm. How do you do queer theory with Transformers movies? It's hard, but you can. <laughs> Anyway, I'll let you take that away. Oh, why do you like me doing the summer? Because I tend to go on. Do you just like hearing my voice? Maybe. Thanks. You're welcome. (laughs) Please tell my parents that. They don't like hearing it as much. I call them in the middle of the week and they're just like, no, and hang up. They're just like, Justin, it's two o'clock in the morning. Why the fuck are you calling me? You're in the house. (laughs) (laughs) You're in the house. Cameron, don't tell them. Sorry, sorry. I'm a college student. Okay. I clearly live on my own. I can make that much. Doing full-time college. <laughs> Cut you off right there. Time out. Another discussion. Another day. <laughs> we could go on about that. Please stand by for bitterness. Yes. <laughs> bitterness. Thanks, bitterness. Brian. Okay. So in this movie, surprisingly, there is a character named Django. Django is a slave. Luckily, the white man comes to save him. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll stop. It's uh, not that bad. <laughs> I know it's not. Okay, uh, actually, a Dr. Schultz comes to save him. Because Django knows the faces of three people who have huge bounties on his head. Dr. Schultz wants to buy Django, have him point out who the bounties are, and then kill them and split, basically split the difference. Mm-hmm. No, it's just give him 25 for each head. And there's yeah, three. basically enough 75 in his pocket. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 75 horse and his freedom. Yep. Um, so they go around bounty hunting. It goes pretty well. I'm, try- I'm trying to think, like, am I skipping many points? And it's like, no, not, not really. No, I mean. Not anything that isn't in. Because, I mean, then, like, he they go around bounty hunting for a bit, and then he decides, hey, he's pretty good at this. How about you do this with me for the winter, and then we'll Well, go. he also knows that uh, Django has a wife who was taken away from him and put yeah. so- sold somewhere. Because he pissed off his owner because he Django's a badass. Mm-hmm. And then Schultz says, okay, you know what? We're gonna. St- How about we stay together for the winter? We'll split. Um, you you get one third, and I'll take the rest of the bounty. Then you'll have a bunch of cash in your pocket, and you'll be good to go. Mm-hmm. So train montage. Django turns out to be really good with a the sniper. Then, um, Schultz says, "Okay, I can't. Tr- I don't want to just leave you." For dead, basically, mm-hmm. as a black man in the South during the 1800s. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> so I'll go with you. We'll get your wife together, and we'll solve this whole thing. Turns out, Leonardo DiCaprio is one of the most successful co- on plantation owners and has Django's wife. Yeah, so and because th- their whole plan is they're going undercover. Because they, they show, like, they go undercover doing different bounties and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And... Um, <clears throat> Basically, the plan is they're going to pose buying a Mandingo, like because there's uh, Mandingo fighting, if you know what that is. It, it's just two, two black bl- people yeah. fighting. And they, to they're, the down. they're going to, uh, for them, a ridiculous amount of money, because back in the day, what was it, 12000 Yeah, 12000 And I remember looking up, like, with Red Dead Redemption, what $100 was worth, and uh-huh. that was near 10000 or something. Was it really back then? Oh, it's, that's a shit ton of money. 
Yeah, so they do that just to get the owner's attention so they can then negotiate, I guess, a deal to get her out of there was the plan? Well, what they were going to do is they were going to try act like they were going to buy the wrestler. Mm -hmm. I'm going to call them a wrestler. That's what they are. Well, death battler, Mm -hmm. whichever. But they were going to act like they were going to buy that, but then throw the Django's wife in there as like a secondary thing. Like, hey, we'll buy this now. Mm That will be pretty neat. And then we'll come back and we'll buy the fighter. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was the plan. We'll buy this just to show of good faith and then come back to, yeah. But Samuel L. Jackson is a fucking traitor and snitch. Yeah, he plays a character that's pretty irredeemable in this movie. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, I get it. He like he sides with the plantation owner because he's he trying to, to survive. Live. And he's already an old man, so he can't yeah. really take much, you know. Yeah, it's basically surprising they didn't take him out back and just shoot him. Honestly. At this point. No, I guess he is he only like handle the accountants or whatnot. What does exactly does it explain that he does? He just orders the other slaves around. He's a slave driver, basically? Not re- he's just a guy who sends orders, basically. Mm. But kind of a middleman, I guess. Gotcha. Um So they get figured out. They they spend the twelve thousand to buy Django's wife, and then Leonardo DiCaprio pushes Doctor Schultz too much, trying to get a handshake to uh, preserve the deal and basically mark that he won. Mm-hmm. And Doctor Schultz shoots him. Yeah, big shootout happens. They catch Django. They, well, they kill Schultz. They catch Django and his wife and plan to sell Django into a slave trade. Django escapes, comes back, kills everyone, and saves his wife. Yeah, and a movie. It's. It's still a great movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy it does hold up. Yeah. One thing it doesn't have that uh, a lot of movies I watch do, mm-hmm. or a lot of movies I love do, is the runtime feels the same mm-hmm. on second or third viewing. I think it's my third time watching the movie. Yeah, this is a two and a half hour movie. And it feels like it. Not that that's not enjoyable. Yeah. Just you feel the two and a half hours. Yeah. Like it, it's an enjoyable watch and you, you know, get sucked into, you know, the world and the horrible shit that's going down. But by the end of the movie, you do start like feeling it. <laughs> Could also be we were cracking wise. Probably that too. That probably didn't help. No. Cause they, again, we've both seen it. So that's just kind of a natural thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> so that's also, I think why we said we can do these six movies. Cause yeah, most of them we've already seen. So even if we're watching half awake, We'll just get good enough memory to be able to Literally all of them except one I think we've both seen, right? Yeah. Which <laughs> so, watch. Yeah. It will land on that one tonight. So yeah. we can't watch it tonight. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't know how long the big heat is. And even then, we'd have to focus more. So. <laughs> and you've already had how many drinks? Not much. I'm not even buzzed. He's had 16 beers. That's Please not true help. <laughs> But, uh. Yeah, that's the plot outline. Um, honestly, I think we should talk about the characters first because they're the most enjoyable part of this movie, arguably. Oh, they're great. I'm trying to think of the actor's name who played Django. Uh, Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. I, I've only seen him in two movies, I think. I still love... That oh, and... Um, Baby it, Driver. Baby Driver. Wasn't he in... Um, the oh, What was the fucking name of that movie? Law-abiding citizen. I think that was him. Oh yeah, he was the uh, cop. Yes, wasn't he? I think that was Jamie Foxx as well. So. Yeah, he has a lot of range. Honestly. He does. He's a great actor, and I believe he does music too. Yeah. Do I need to Google? Please that Google or? that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Air mission. Yep, he has music. That's what I thought. Yeah. What type of music? Rap. I I take it. If it's not, that's super racist. Okay. No, because I swear he's done like collaborations with like Kanye, like something featuring Jamie Foxx, I swear. I've heard his music before. Don't you dare. I see that. Okay. But Alright, we cut back now. Okay, yes, he does R and B. Yeah. So yeah, Jamie Foxx is great. Um, Christoph Waltz is fucking hilarious. I'm never going to remember that name. It's fine. Yeah, he's the guy who plays... Um, Dr. Schultz. Dr. Schultz. I yeah. like how I can remember Dr. Schultz, but not Christoph, Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz, yeah. yeah Waltz he does it. easy. <laughs> yes, yes. Stop, I'm going to cry. Such a good song. But yeah, Christoph Waltz, he, he is hilarious. He he's a, f- he's a fucking asshole, but in like the cockiest way, and it's great. <laughs> 
I mean, you don't mind it because... He's... No, because he's fighting against racism. <laughs> like, fuck racist. Exactly, so... Oh, no. We might have offended a viewer. Oh, no. <laughs> like we wanted them. <laughs> True. But, uh, yeah, he's great, and Leonardo DiCaprio almost steals the show, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. I kind I think Jamie Foxx did better. Yeah, well, I mean, he's Leonardo DiCaprio is such an over-the-top fucking character that you can't help every time he's on just be, like, glued to him. Yeah. Such a despicable man, but the way he plays him is great. I'm wondering if my vision is slightly bittered towards him because I had to sit through the remake of Great Gatsby. That's not fair at all. It's not. I love Leonardo DiCaprio, so... I know, but I hate that fucking movie. Don't judge an actor based on the movie. I mean, you don't I... think any different Toby Fox, because he was in Spider-Man. And he was in Great Gatsby. You mean Toby Maguire? Toby Maguire. Toby Fox made Undertale. I know, okay. To- Toby Maguire. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean. I know, I just like making fun. <laughs> I know you do. Are you so happy you can see my smile now? I am so happy. Yes, I actually am. <laughs> but, I don't know. He he does a fantastic job in this. I love Leonardo DiCaprio as an actor. And even Samuel L. Jackson is the snitch. He does a fantastic standout job, too. Samuel, so. I'm surprised he can play someone who's a dick. He always seems like such a nice guy. I know, right? <laughs> like, he's played the villain before, but it's always, like, the over-the-top sergeant who's just yelling. Yeah. No, yeah, because, like, in every interview I've seen him in, like, st- like talk shows and all that, he seems like the nicest dude. <laughs> Even if he's blunt, yeah. Oh, he's very blunt, and that's what I kind of love about him. There's an interview he was doing where a um, reporter was talking to him, and he's like, oh, I love that commercial you did. And he was like, "He the, the dude mixed him with Lawrence Fishburne. And Samuel L. Jackson just went off on the dude. He was like, uh, he's like, I think he even said he was like, yeah, oh, uh, what, is it all blacks look alike? And he was like, hey, you're the entertainment director of this network and you can't tell me and Lawrence Lawrence Fishburne Fishburne apart. I was just like, oh, damn. (laughs) You made Samuel L. Jackson mad, you stupid bitch. (laughs) I mean, I can tell him apart. I love Samuel L. Jackson and Hannibal. (laughs) That was a joke, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. We'll be here for another 20 minutes, probably. Yeah, hopefully. But yeah, all the actors are well cast. They all do a standout job. And um, yeah, I think that's that, honestly. <laughs> I, well, there are parts that I like of uh, Jamie Foxx's. Jamie Foxx, like, he plays the slave well. Mm-hmm. Which sounds super shitty of me to say, I think. Mm-hmm. But it's just, he plays this guy... Who knows more than he should mm-hmm. for the time period. Yeah. But it's still those moments where uh, there's the great line where it's like, are you sure it's him? What was the... What I, was I, the I, um, are you positive it's him? <laughs> no. You're, you're not... You're not positive it's him? I don't know what positive yeah. means. <laughs> it means you're sure. Then yes. <laughs> Yeah, he does a great job because he, he he's a very sharp person, so he picks up on more and more as the movie progresses. So, Or also, you kind of don't know how much time has passed. Well, they say like they always spent the whole winter together, so he probably picked yeah. a bunch between the time when he was a slave and when he was actually became you know full-fledged badass bounty hunter. So like three months tops. Yeah. I, three months at least. But yeah, he plays both. Like like at the start, you can tell that he's like part of this group and all that. But like he goes from really reclusive, like really abused person to you know fucking badass by the end of the movie. So I mean, it it's a slave gang to kill white people and then yeah. gets paid for it. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's what he said. He's like, I do you like what you do? I get to kill white people and be paid for it. So what's not to like? Yeah. And obviously, I, I know this is should be completely obvious, but I'm going to mention it just in case. This movie deals very heavily with racism in the 1800s. Wait, what? <laughs> they only said the N-word 22 yeah, times before this, Leonardo showed up. This film was very controversial when it came out because of the heavy use of the N-word. So, I don't know what you're talking there about. There was a lot of controversy back when it came out. Dude. No, I mean saying the N-word. I didn't hear it. Where are we going with that? Nowhere. Uh, okay. Because if YouTube didn't suck, it would be a really fun cut to like show a bunch of the times they use it. Uh huh. But YouTube sucks, so we can't do that. I would say that, and I'd have to either that or bleep out every time, like Nick, dude, Nick, dude, Nick. No, dude. I'd probably be turned off anyway because it's shots from the movie. Yeah. Even though this is technically criticism. Fair use. Fair use. Yeah, but hey. But you know their fucking system sucks. Are we cutting this part out? 
No, we can keep going. Okay. Otherwise, then the joke goes nowhere. Fair, fair. <laughs> we just admitted it went nowhere anyway. Yes, but that's part of the joke. Okay, well, you know what? Moving on. <laughs> um, yeah, this this deals with heavy... I, that's all I was going to say. It just deals with, with racism. And it's it's there are times where it's very hard to watch. Um, I guess there could also be a negative there mm-hmm. where... Yes, it's dealing with these heavy themes and it shows like the horrible brutality mm-hmm. and uses the M word consistently, but it's not trying to say anything. Yeah, because we were like at the end, it's like, so what's the message of this movie? <laughs> yeah, I say that jokingly because it's it's just a movie to have fun in. Yeah, it well that's the thing. It does deal with racist themes, and obviously you're supposed to you know root for all the horribly racist people, like or not root for Jamie Foxx who's fighting against all these horribly racist people. But it, it almost hits the point where that's almost exploitive because it ends up being really no point to it. <laughs> Actually, wasn't the point of like Blazing Sal's to joke about how racism isn't ever brought up in Western? Yeah, that's exactly it. If that was the point of this movie, like to have a Western, but also bring up the racist themes mm-hmm. that should have been in there, but weren't for reasons we yeah. don't have time to get into, then I guess that's kind of good. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, Lazy Sal's was made in the 70s, and, and if you look at all the Westerns back then, they were very clean cut, you know, John Wayne Westerns, you know, they're all good guys, they're clear good guys and bad guys, and we all live Except together. Except for spaghetti Westerns. That's so, what... Yeah, that was the genre that obviously it's paying homage to, but that's the genre that did kind of make it more gritty, more realistic, and blur the line between, like, good guy and bad guy. It's where some anti-heroes were born, like the man with no name, so... Yeah. Well, they do reference uh, John Wayne movies by having the main character's hat in the bar be a white hat, because in John Wayne movies, the good guy would wear a white hat, yep. and the villain would wear a black hat. <laughs> the villain was usually played by Lee Van Cleef. You will see him a lot in old westerns. In old American westerns? Uh, and spaghetti westerns. He plays the villain in um, For a Few Dollars More and The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. He's the bad in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Mm. I wonder if I'll ever watch those movies either. Like... We, we will, but... <laughs> No, he's he's great. He, you, you will you will know when he's on. He has a very distinctive face and a very distinctive set of eyes. So and a cool fucking voice. Honestly, the thing is, I don't know if he was dubbed afterwards in the Italian movies, but whatever voice well, the, in all of Martin. No, not Martin Scorsese. <laughs> sorry, it's Sergio Leone. Yes, thank you. So okay, hold on. The reason I said Martin Scorsese uh-huh. is because I had a list sent to me recently uh-huh. of thirty-three foreign films Martin Scorsese says to see. Okay. That's why I was thinking of it. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but yes, I, I know Circular Lumens, they all talk their own tongue and were post-dubbed, right? Yep. Everyone was dubbed in those movies. But were they dubbed in English? Because uh, I know Clint Eastwood dubbed his own character in those yeah, movies. Yeah, they, they were dubbed in English. So, well, I'm saying I know Clint Eastwood dubbed his own voice, but I don't know if Lee Van Cleef dubbed his own voice or not. Don't know on that one. Yeah. You have to look into that. But that we're getting tactical and off point, but yeah. <laughs> that's technically that we'll need for whenever we talk about yes, those films. which I'm super excited because I love the shit out of those films. Um, but sadly, it's not on the next wheel. Too much foreshadowing, man. I'm not foreshadowing. You're not? No, it's not on the next wheel. I know wheel. it's not, but we're going to do them eventually. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, that's that. So... Anything else? Saying that's that sounds so boring. I know it does, but I'm trying to keep a rhythm going here. I'm trying to make it so we don't get too off track. And then, you know, have a really hard well, time. Well, there were no trains in this movie, so what track are we supposed to follow? There were no trains in this Western, were there? Yeah, that's usually a commonplace yeah. thing. Then again, it's probably really fucking expensive to order a steam train. Yeah. I don't know how much of a budget this movie had. I know you want to. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I love talking. I know you do. I know you do, motherfucker. I'm so happy I can do that whisper now. That makes me amazingly giddy. I'm so happy. But uh, cinematography. Yeah. I have no segue here. Sim- they did a fantastic job emulating old spaghetti westerns and yet keeping this, you know, really pretty style to it. Because... Um, Spaghetti westerns were very defined by like really long, beautiful shots and like extreme close-ups of people's faces, and a lot of times because we just invented the wide-angle lens, yeah. And, it's fun to use. and a lot of times there would be fast zooms into people on action, like someone would pull out a gun and it'd be zoom, zoom in, and they do that a lot in this movie. I didn't notice it like the first time I sat through the movie, mm-hmm. but when you pointed it out, it was like, oh my god. Yeah, they do a lot because so that was a very common thing in spaghetti westerns, and like they did in the beginning when the guy was talking directly into the lens, like, hey, you, who you goo. 
doing while well, it's going there. That's a thing they did in Spaghetti Westerns a lot was yeah. extreme close-ups on people talking. But usually it was just like the eyes. Yeah, it well, wasn't. This. Well, well, they, sometimes they showed the face a lot, but yeah, if there was an intense scene, they'd show the eyes like squinting, looking around. It's very yeah. heavily stylized, and Tarantino did a fantastic job of emulating that while still honestly having its own beautiful cinematography style. Yeah, because it has a very good palette of these warm colors. I know it's the desert. Yeah. I know it's the desert before someone gets bitchy with me. But it, it's a movie where the colors really pop. and Especially the blood. Yeah. Oh, so cool. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that. But now, and when was that? This movie was, was it 2012? I think it was. Like, so we were um, just, I think, getting back to like colors in movies. So like seeing a movie with gorgeous cinematography will feel like that with color that popped really stood out and did a great job with all that. And it, it, it felt old school, but it still did have kind of a modern feel to it, which was cool. So. Yeah, it was 2012, by the way. Okay, cool. I was right. But yeah, that um, was I also was I going to say. Um, blood? Yeah, blood. Blood. Uh, this movie is a lot more raunchy and a lot more violent than normal spaghetti westerns. Dear God. Mostly because we know how to do practical effects. Yes. Even better than we used to. Yes. And Quentin Tarantino can't be told no. So. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, I know Tarantino films are very famous for being bloody and violent, but dear God, this gets ridiculously bloody and violent and it's great oh that opening shotgun blast yeah. is so cool <laughs> and clearly they use too much like detonator yes, or explosion. it's so satisfying though just that thing had to get stuck in a tree or whatever yeah like the the matter brain matter whatever practical effect they used to fly up or something what am i thinking I'm thinking of Bulletstorm, where you where you use the shotgun and can slice someone in half. Yes. <laughs> That's what it was like, except it splatters yeah. as well. Oh, it's great. Yeah, the blood. There are literal fountains of blood. When they shoot people, just, just everywhere. <laughs> and they probably did, like, color mixing in the mm-hmm. edit to make it very neon. Yeah. So you know where it is. Yeah, like, it's not realistic blood, but dear God, does it pop. Oh, my God. <laughs> The only reason I say it's A is because uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was actually bleeding in that scene, but still looks like all the fake blood yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Unless there's a bunch of actors. Well, it looked, it looked a missing. bit darker on his eye hand, actually. It was a bit darker, but there were, like, when he rubs it across her yeah, face. Yeah, you could tell the, they brightened that or something. Yeah, they did made it more neon. Mm-hmm. I feel so um, sorry for that woman. <laughs> yeah, because I'm sure everyone knows this by now, but there's a very famous scene where, like, he, Leonardo DiCaprio gets a little overzealous and, like, gets really gets in the role, and he slams his hand down on top of a wine glass and actually cut his hand wide open, this horrible wound that was very dangerous, and he just kept going with the scene. <laughs> And like rubs, he yeah. rubs his hand across the actress's face. In a he bit rubs, of improv, he pulls her head back and rubs blood across her face, and you can tell her reaction was like, oh. <laughs> the part that worries me about that uh-huh. is it because he pulls out a shard glass yes, at the end and flicks it onto the table. Yeah, but if that came out in her eye, that would have been so. Bad. <sighs> things could have gone even yeah, worse. No, but. He just kept on trucking and then was probably immediately transported to the hospital afterwards. After a standing ovation? It was, yeah, after the saving was done, everybody just stood up and clapped for him. I was just making sure I yeah, used ovation. You did. Correctly. Good job. <laughs> I passed English. But yeah, like, the, and, and the thing about that that's crazy, too, is that scene goes on for a good couple minutes before he's done. Yeah, and there's a lot of cuts, which makes me like, okay, was the only one of those scenes that was true, or... Was he bleeding through all of them and they just had multiple cameras? Well, I'm sure that he was bleeding throughout the one take that focused on him, but I don't know if they like cut stuff in between or not. Who knows? Yeah. Don't know on that one. Yeah, but either way, Leonardo DiCaprio is a fucking trooper, so... I mean, he did The Revenant for an Oscar. Yeah, let's be honest. Why didn't you guys just give it to him? He didn't need to do that. He didn't need to go out in the middle of the fucking woods and freeze his ass off and shit. Sorry, Leo. We gave yeah. you one. We, you got one, buddy. You may, may might not been the movie you deserved it for, but we got one. Um, but okay, I was going to say, you know, the blood scene where you think they overloaded or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you, um, in another Kurosawa film, um, because Yojimbo was the one that was based off of, uh, or that Fistful Dollars was a shot by shot remake. Kurosawa made a sequel to Yojimbo called Sanjuro, and there's a very famous scene at the end where there's a duel. And, um, you know, uh, main character moves in and, like, slices him in one brutal slice. Mm -hmm. But they overdid the blood or something. And so all this blood just goes... 
and flows out of him and everyone's like it looked unrealistic but he kept it in just because it looked so cool nice yeah I know in uh, Scream 4, the opening kill is a neck slit. Yes. And they didn't think of how much pressure was going into the... Oh, they, no. Apparently, the ceiling above the door was just covered in blood. <laughs> and even Wes Craven was like, holy shit, guys. <laughs> I know this is getting sidetracked, but I have a story. Okay. There was a scene that was filmed at my house for a college project that we did. Okay. And it was a scene where there's like this female serial killer holds this guy hostage and like she cuts his uh, finger off Mm -hmm. or something like that. And one of the actors like stood aside with a turkey baster filled with fake blood. Oh no. And he, and and this was, the thing is we kind of trusted him with it. Because, you know, he had done a bunch of stuff before, but, like, he was supposed to just squeeze it a little bit, let blood sports out, but he just went, and it got all over our ceiling in our old house. And I I forget how, I don't even know if it's still there. I think they might paint over it, but it was there for the longest time, just on the ceiling. All from a finger getting cut off. Did you keep that tape? I forget. It's been so fucking long since I've done it. I hope we did, too. I wanted to do that, just ha- say, like, no, don't even tell the audience, but every, even, like, a prick of a finger, just hose of blood. <laughs> uh, uh, make the most brutal movie. Right. See, can you get an X rating for blood? A what? An X rating for blood. I don't think so. That's more sexual content, I think. Cause... Yes, but I know if you go, like, too far with uh, organ gore, they'll be like, okay, that's an X rating, but just blood. Is what I'm wondering. If and, and and again to point out the hypocrisy yet, but Hannibal's fine with all the organ gore. Oh yeah, that's fine on normal TV. But in movies, it'll get an X rating. It, it can, yeah. That's such bullshit. If it goes too far. But yeah, I I don't know if there was so much blood in this that some people took it as cartoony, maybe. But oh, it's definitely cartoony. Yeah. The amount of blood that comes out. Oh like, yeah. During uh the second final shootout. Mm-hmm. When the massacre of Candyland. Yeah. Oh my God. That's one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. <laughs> just bang, 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 but just blood I also, all over the walls. <laughs> one thing that bugs me, like mentally, uh huh, is Django has realistic ammo of six shots per. Yeah. Over. And everyone else is just bang, 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 bang. Yeah. And in the door, the rifle guys are just like bang, 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 bang. Yeah. It's like okay, sure. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Thanks, guys. I see you turned on cheats oh, for this see- one. See, that's white privilege with bullets there. Oh, (laughs) shit. And I think the only other thing we have to talk about is the soundtrack, yeah? Uh, I also like the humor. The humor was great. Especially during that shootout with the one guy who's injured and keeps getting shot. Just keeps getting hit over and over again. And I was just like, just put the poor fucker out of his misery. Someone please headshot this fuck. Um, I also love the KKK scene with the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and like they're riding in all epic, and there's this classical. It just just hard cuts them beforehand what happened, and they can, no one can see out of the. And everyone's complaining, and the guy who got his wife to make the hoods is like, <laughs> "Fine, I'm going home. Yeah. All I'm hearing is complaining. <laughs> Don't ask for me or my yeah. wife to help you guys again." It's great. And he and the guy at the beginning, it's great because he's just talking, giving this epic speech, and he's like, "God, I can't see fucking shit out of this." <laughs> and, they, and it's like, as they ride in all epic, and I'm like, "Oh no, this is not cool." But then it's like they make them total dumbasses, and it's great. Uh, yeah, screw the KKK. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. They, oh no, we might have lost another viewer. Oh, wah, wah. No, went went, boo hoo, but. <laughs> What? There was a joke. I just got like pass. Okay. Don't worry. Also, sorry if there's an echo. We're in a kitchen. It's not too bad at the moment, honestly. I know, but I have a feeling one of us might have pulled away from the mic yeah. and then they hear the echo. Yeah. But whatever. Whatever, man. It's okay. Please tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. Do you look like a bitch? Beautiful. Beautiful. I can't do it without laughing. Yeah. Okay, anyway, you want to talk about the soundtrack? It's a, another it's another thing that adds to the whole spaghetti western feel because spaghetti westerns would have like these corny songs like the dirt like the with the witch and all that like the sound effects and he does a good job of emulating those as well. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, also the rap music oddly fits pretty well. Yeah, it, like there's a moment later on, like I think the first time it happens is when he's riding on horse, meeting with like the whole candy um, to go to Candyland. To go to Candyland, and like they're there singing the coach and everything. And I'm like, this should feel out of place in a western, but it doesn't. And I think it's because the B of the music goes to the horse bounce, mm-hmm. like how they walk. Yeah. And and then they played again during Candyland, but it fit just because it was fucking badass. He had the two guns in slow motion. I yeah. I love the use of slow motion in this movie. It's great, especially just to watch that gore. Yeah, which we'll get to do again if we land on Dread. Yes. So. Oh, that's a great movie. I love Dread. Um, another thing I do want to talk about though mm-hmm. is how this is the least Quinn Tarantino movie Tarantino has made. When it comes to the dialogue, yeah, oddly, it's very strange. <laughs> Yeah, cause, okay, I know some people are against Quentin Tarantino because they get bored of his style. Because mm. he's very much an auteur. Yeah. I hate the fucking he word. did Well, and we mentioned too before, I think that auteur can get pretty difficult because they end up just making the same movie over and over again. Yeah, we should really talk shit talk auteurs for a while. Yeah, I, we'll point. do that. We'll save that for a standalone thing. Yeah, but we still haven't done that wheel, actually. No. I think Tarantino varies up his the movies enough though like yeah. just enough to where they're different enough you know I mean, his newest movie doesn't even look like it's an action movie so no it's, it's just a, his tribute to um the uh, the new age in hollywood or the new wave in hollywood no it's before the new so a year before that, 1969 it's, yeah, it's still it's the actors new, are clearly like golden age actors but they're going they're transitioning into the golden age is that i think that's his tribute to the golden age because that's bruce lee in it yeah and he was in the 70s yeah, but Bruce Lee wasn't New Wave. It that didn't ha- like inspire New Wave at all, or no? That was still the mainstream. It's complicated. Okay, yeah, it's weird. Th- this would take too long, and we're not going to talk mm-hmm. about it. And someone will probably tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, Bruce Lee was actually actually became popular because of the Vietnam War, and people got tired of seeing guns. That's I think I did know that. Okay, I think I've told you that yeah. before. It makes sense. So what now? Anyway, uh, the way this is like the least Quinn Tarantino movie, I think he, you said this, mm-hmm. uh, he really wanted to stick to that spaghetti Western style. Yeah. So it kept that quick snappy dialogue. Yeah. Sort of like, a the opening of once upon a time in the West, I think I'm thinking of. Where the oh, guy where has they're the at the train station. Yeah. Or? Where the guy is in har- har- harmonica harmonica. You're good. Yeah. That's once upon a time in the West. Yeah. Another Sergio Leone movie. Yeah. Because I've seen the opening of that, and that has kind of the same sort of paced dialogue of back and forth between them. Yep. And with the badass one-liner at the end. Yeah. You brought too many. Yes, I fucking love it. I love That's a great movie. There's so many good one-liners in this, too. Oh, there are. It's great. Couldn't resist. (laughs) But then again, same one-liners out of context. Sounds really lame. (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, I I don't know what to add to that. You're right. I enjoy so. watching you die, boy. <laughs> yeah, so badass. Um, I'm not sure if we got anything else. I think that's it. Yeah, we still this movie still holds up really well. We still highly recommend it. It's still uh, a great movie. Just be if you're if you're um sensitive to racist content or violence, do not watch this movie. There's a lot of that. <laughs> There is, especially if you can't stand violence. Yeah, there's, oof, boy. Um, but yeah, no, if, if you're if you're all right just having a fun spaghetti western, um, yeah, I still highly recommend it, so. Uh, yeah, I'd still give this movie like a 8 out of 10. Yeah, That's same. why I originally gave it. Mm-hmm. I don't got much else to say. No. If you ever want kind of a throwback to westerns, or maybe even this is a pretty good place to start, because mm-hmm. I believe in kind of working backwards with movies. Oh, really? See, I did the opposite, so. Well, here's the, here's well, my I take reason. that back. I take that back. I've done that before, so go on. Uh, because editing has gone faster and faster over mm-hmm. time. So I found with, like, action movies, if I just, uh, when I was first really getting into movies, mm-hmm. if I went right back to 80s or even 70s, it was so slow for my brain. Because, mm. you know, I would have just seen, like, Kingsman or something. Yeah. And then I go to, um... I'm trying to think of something. Bullet? Is yeah. that 60s or 70s? That's 60s. A little late 60s, so. Yeah, go Bullet or something. The editing is so much slower. Yeah. So if you slowly work backwards mm-hmm. from like 2000s to 90s to 80s, you'll have a much easier time. Yeah. Yeah, no, that is 
I think that is actually how I approached it. I take that back. Because it's like unless you watch the third man, which has fantastic editing. Still a surprise still so like it's surprising how modern that movie still feels. Right? It's great. Freaking Carol Reed, he was a great director. But yeah, like a lot of times because that's how I just got in the film was I saw these movies, but and I saw how they got influence. But then you, then you keep working your way back and see what influenced that and what influenced that. And eventually, you know, you have an appreciation for older movies. And then you're forced to watch Birth of a Nation. And then you're like, oh. The sad thing is I wasn't forced to watch that. Yeah, you I was. It. You I, broke it. You I, I, I broke it. I stabbed it and I buried it in my backyard. If my neighbors ever plant flowers, they'll have a fun time. I think I planned it right next to my... Uh, it, it will be uh, white roses, but they'll be upside down. <laughs> that was clever. I can't it, even... It is. Um, I think I... I joke I'm going to make for this video. I think I buried that next to... A, I, I buried that next to a pet, I think. My bearded... My bearded... My bearded dragon. You had a bearded dragon? I had a bearded dragon. What was his name? Rex. That's an adorable name. Right. But no, I think I buried Cliche him like... as hell, though. We should have named him Whiskers. Whiskers? That's Whiskers. A great... Yeah, because Bearded. Yeah. No, because he na- that's why you named him Cat. Yeah. But no, yeah, he. I buried. I think I buried it next to him. So they're going to have an odd time if they want to plant flowers. <laughs> One of the flowers looks like Godzilla's. The other ones are upside down white roses. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. No, I just, I just, I just, I watched that on my own just because I was curious and had a, I just have a craving for just seeing old influential film. I, I just, the technical artistry of some of those old movies I can still appreciate, but I was not prepared for the horrid, horrid racism. Dear God. Oh, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure we have Birth of the Nation on the list of movies we won't do. Yeah, I've done it, so I can talk about it if need be. Unfortunately, I don't have to. Um, I know at some point I'm Mm. going to probably have a huge new wave because I love the idea of new wave. I'm excited at the idea of a new wave. Again, that just highly depends on how willing audiences are, because the whole reason the new wave happened before is because audiences were sick of sick of studio material. Yeah. The problem is people are not sick of this. They're eating it up with all these Marvel movies and Disney rakes. They're just eating well, it up. So I, I don't know if a new wave is even possible. I always see people complaining like, oh, there's nothing original coming out. It's all superhero movies. Mm-hmm. It's all this. It's all, it's all remakes. Yet then the only thing they go to theaters for is a goddamn superhero movie. Yeah. And they're like, why are these the only things getting made? Stop they're not seeing... the only things getting made. Yeah. They're not. It's just they're not advertised. Like uh, the film Anna I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. I know it didn't get best reviews. Mm-hmm. But I didn't even know it was in theaters because there's no advertisement for these things. Yeah, or like in the case of Annihilation, where the studio actively tried to fuck it over, and then we're like, "Oh well, then make money, see?" Yeah, they only released in theaters in America, a few theaters for that matter, mm-hmm. and then Netflix for everywhere else. Yeah, it went straight to Netflix for every other country, <laughs> and every other country was like, "We will have paid for this in theaters." Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know. It's just hard in today's climate. I think for I, I I think I, it's very possible that it could happen, but it just it would take longer and it's a bit harder. Honestly, what need what needs to happen and probably will, especially with Disney fucking remakes, is there's going to be a bomb, and I'm talking uh, Hello Dolly levels mm, of bomb or uh, Camelot levels yeah, of bomb, where it just like ruins the whole genre basically. Just, fucked yeah beyond repair because i know like what basically ended the new wave in hollywood was heaven's gate because the new wave well it wasn't so much that it was also jaws yeah it was all it was also jaws but heaven's gate was the final nail in the coffin because that was the thing about the new wave was they allowed for a lot of directors like spielberg lucas lucas francis ford coppola it gave them a shit ton of creative freedom basically like directors were allowed to just do anything basically carte blanche even go a hundred days over yes over time apparently yeah and they basically gave michael cimino a blank check did made him do whatever the hell he wanted to do ended up being a massive failure and that's what basically killed the new wave and brought in like because jaws started the whole blockbuster craze but then that kind of solidified blockbusters were more profitable than the whole you know and then we've kind of been stuck in that for a while yeah. also we ended on western and we should probably stop going on the tangent yeah so yeah <laughs> I, I think it's fine, honestly. It is. If we're padding it out with that, it's a good... Of it another time when yeah. we either cover more New Wave or I 
just get into it way more than I should. It's a great topic. It's a fa- uh, yeah. Everyone has their pieces in history, which are fascinating. I, I just find everything fascinating about film history, the trends, the things, and yeah. Actually, so Japanese new wave. Uh huh. There. This is from uh, the director I don't really enjoy, and I can't think of his name. The one who made License... Uh, License to Kill. License same to... one who made that. Not License to Kill. It was something else, right? License... No, the one was License to Kill. Was it License to Kill? Because that was a Bond movie. I think it was. It was License to... Branded to Kill. Branded to Kill. Branded Thank to Kill. You. Him, yeah. Yes. Um, something... Fi- oh, well... I can't remember the film's name. It's mm-hmm. one of his more famous films. But Japan would apparently have this thing where they would make a low-budget movie based around a song. So the song would play like 60 times in the film. Oh, yeah, you did just tell me made about that. T- it was made to sell that with super low budget, but directors could do whatever the hell they wanted as long as the song was in it. So interesting. <laughs> it, it, I, I do want to see what other countries have as new wave. Anyway, I think it's time to spin the wheel. Woo, let's do it. And spin the wheel. I said spin what we get what we get okay so um remember how i said dread we're gonna get some more blood yes i haven't seen that movie i think since it first came out on home video so also known as raid it's, the american version it's it is the raid but with guns <laughs> Also, I like how we shit talk superhero movies, and our next thing is a superhero movie that we're going to Technically, love. but it is one that really went unnoticed when it came out, honestly. It did, because... No it, one talked about it. Oddly, it was more gritty than yeah. the superhero movies that were coming out. It was hard. It's hard, yeah. Yeah, it's hard. It's a hard art. Yeah. It was grittier than the movies coming out, but it was also more fun than the superhero movies coming yeah. out. And I think they were thinking of a TV show, but I haven't heard anything on that in years. Yeah, I think that was dropped. Yeah, because I know the main actor they wanted to... He he loved playing Dread, and he said he wanted to do more, and he said he'd come on for the TV show, but I haven't heard news on that in years, so... Yeah, and I think a lot of people ignored it because um, they thought the Sylvester Stallone movie still... Yeah, which is really corny, honestly. It is, so. but... That is a conversation for yeah. another time. Probably for when we review Dread next. <laughs> Probably <laughs> so, tomorrow. Yep. Uh, so anyway, thank you so much for watching. Next will be probably more Black Lagoon, and then we'll have our episode on Dread. Hooray! All right, guys. See ya. Thank you so much for watching this episode of Cinema Roulette. If you want to follow our hosts, Justin is at JK Pancake on Twitter, and Cameron is at Cameron Picks Inc. on Twitter. You can watch the video version of the podcast. Sometimes you actually get to see our host faces at CamCam on YouTube, or just look up Cinema Roulette Podcast. Thank you so much to Teller's Place for their artwork that we use mainly in the YouTube version and you can kind of see on the podcast version. If you enjoyed the show, please consider either subscribing to it or rating us on whatever podcast app you use. That would be cool of you.